This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, March 10th, 2011. I'm Caleb Brown. The foundations of many parts of economics can be found in Adam Smith's The Wealth of Nations, but it would be a mistake to call Adam Smith a radical. Russ Roberts, economics professor at George Mason University and advisor to the Cato Institute Center for Trade Policy Studies, discusses The Wealth of Nations on this, the 235th anniversary of the book's publication. Adam Smith, I think, is both uh, characterized uh, incorrectly by people who are, for lack of better terms, on the left and the right. That is, uh, I think a lot of people uh, on the left have tried to reclaim Smith in a lot of ways, and pro- perhaps appropriately so, given uh, his views toward business. And also his views on public policy generally. He's not, a, he's not an anarchist. He's not an anarcho-capitalist. Uh, he correctly understood... Uh, as I think all good uh, free market economists should understand, that you shouldn't be pro-business, you should be pro-market. Having businesses fail is extremely important. Uh, Keeping an eye on businesses' relentless desire to use the political process to keep out competitors is a really good idea. And I think Smith understood that as, you know, it's still relevant today, his insights into the natural impulses of, of people of, uh, in business to keep out competitors and to be able to charge high prices. So I think the left claims him for that. And they also like to point out that he was not an anarchist. He, he was in favor of some social policies uh, that would be we would call uh, so-called progressive policies. Um, nothing wrong with – Smith is, has many great insights and uh, – some of them are true even for the left, and, and, uh, and they're not all true. We, he's a human being. What insights does Adam Smith have to offer in this burgeoning field of uh, behavioral economics? Well, you could argue that Smith was really the first behavioral economist. Uh, the behavioralists are, are a bit of a backlash against the hardcore Chicago ideas of people are rational and take count of all information, markets are efficient. Uh, Smith certainly, uh, as Many economists uh, understand that that's, that doesn't hold at all times, at all moments. It can be a very useful way of thinking. But what Smith was, I think, deeply attuned to was our flaws as human beings, our ability to self-deceive, our ability to uh, make incorrect decisions based on uh, ego, uh, based on pride. And in that sense, he is a forerunner of, of the behavioral economists and behavioral finance people who talk about people's inability to correctly perceive themselves and, and others. Um, what I find fascinating about Smith is that Smith was equally interested as his uh, later namesake Vernon Smith uh, is also interested in how markets and natural forces, which would be a better word than markets even, inherent forces in behavior work to offset some of those forms of self-deception. So he didn't uh, – he was not naive about human beings. He, he certainly didn't see them as rational, modern utility – modern rational utility maximizers. But he did see them as people who make decisions and who are f- as best they can and who are, of course, flawed. Uh, but at the same time, he was interested in how those flaws could get corrected by uh, outside influences. Um, There's some amazing passages in the Theory of Moral Sentiments where he talks about how if we saw ourselves as others see us, we couldn't bear it for a minute. It would be uh, unbelievably painful. It would force us to to change our behavior. And and yet, of course, if we 
saw ourselves as other states, we have trouble going forward. Uh, much of what we uh, what allows us to, to go through life is is a little bit of self deception, but not too much. So we're all like the jerk in some sense. That is. <laughs> Too, too, too stupid to know that what we're doing is uh, unlikely or uh, difficult. We're a little bit blind. I, I think uh, his other great line there is something about um, no surgeon operates on himself without his hand trembling. You know, our, our, our willingness to – it's a paraphrase – but our willingness to, to self-correct is, is, is difficult. It's a challenge for the human human beings. But but we do it from time to time, and he was aware of that. Adam Smith in, in The Wealth of Nations look, set the stage for a whole lot of areas of economics, especially uh, examining data. And uh, could you talk about that a little bit? Smith, he didn't do a lot of econometrics. Uh, there wasn't much to, weren't that many statist good statistical packages available for, for his iPad of the day. Uh, none. But what another thing that did make him distinctive was his willingness to get his hands dirty. And he obviously had immense breadth of interest and knowledge. Uh, and he was an empiricist. He was interested in how the world worked. Uh, he brought in all kinds of data from all kinds of sources and all kinds of areas of economics. And in that sense, he was, uh, in many ways, you could argue the, the first social scientist, not so much the first economist. He, he would not have seen him. He did not see himself as an economist. He saw himself as a moral philosopher. He was interested in human behavior, what was virtuous about it, what was not. Uh, in many ways, he was a psychologist. He was very interested in what makes us tick. Uh, he was a sociologist. He was interested in how that ticking takes place in social contexts. Uh, that runs all through the theory of moral sentiments. And, of course, he was an economist in that he was very interested in the traditional areas of economic behavior, trade policy, uh, wages, prices, etc. So he, he used data to make his claims. Uh, he was a marketer too because he wanted you to agree with him. And I think he felt that as a, as a moral philosopher, uh, evidence was a useful way to enhance his claims. And I think that that was true then. It's still true today. We're very uh, often persuaded or at least influenced by what we think of as facts. They may not always be facts, but factual evidence is very important, and it runs all through uh, The Wealth of Nations. P.J. O'Rourke wrote a book about The Wealth of Nations, sort of encapsulating some of the, some of the insights in the book because he found the, the task of, of going through the book itself to be uh, difficult. Uh, what do you think about uh, the quality of the writing by contemporary standards and whether or not it uh, offers particular insights that people might gloss over? Uh, well, The Wealth of Nations is, you know, it's available in many editions. It's available online at the Library of Economics and Liberty at econlib, E-C-O-N-L-I-B dot org in its entirety. Um, so it's easy to get access to Smith. Reading it's a little bit harder. Uh, I think the key to reading Smith is to skip some sections, which are not relevant for the modern reader or are difficult for us because we don't understand the context that, that Smith was writing uh, about. Uh, much of the beginning of The Wealth of Nations is totally readable and fascinating. Uh, the, the sections on trade policy are totally readable and fascinating and full of insights into what we would call today political economy or even what we might call public choice, how the intersection between politics and economics and what motivates politicians. Um, I find the theory of moral sentiments 
even more readable than, than The Wealth of Nations. It starts slow. But if you get past the first part, it's full of insights into behavior and, and advice that's still relevant today. And I, I, I can't emphasize it enough. On the theory of moral sentiments, Smith talks about the foolhardiness of trying to accumulate wealth in the pursuit of happiness. Uh, he was not a materialist at all. Again, I think people have this weird idea that the wealth of nations is is, is Ayn Rand of a few hundred years ago. Uh, it's not. He's a different type of thinker and writer. And uh, the theory of moral sentiments is is timeless. Much of the wealth of nations is timeless too. You just have to pick and choose. So I recommend that people delve into it and look into it, and um, you find lots of passages that are still informative and quite entertaining. Russ Roberts is an economics professor at George Mason University and an advisor to the Cato Institute's Center for Trade Policy Studies. You can read more on the work of Adam Smith at our website, cato.org.